Jameis Winston had a great day and what it means for the Saints passing game. Pete Werner's top three plays in the defense, some surprise roster moves for the Saints, and Doug Mouton's here to talk about the Giants' loss and look ahead to the next game against the Washington football team. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, free and on all platforms, including on YouTube with Locked on Saints. Hey, listen, uh, Jameis Winston's day on Sunday was so good that I think that there is reason to have faith in this New Orleans Saints passing attack moving forward. But it's going to take some trust, not only between Sean Payton and Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, Sean Payton, but in these receiving options as well, because Jameis Winston finally got to the point where he was creating for the receivers that weren't able to gather separation. I took a look, went through all of the film here over the past 48 hours or so, and found some really great things from Jameis Winston. First of all, happy to be able to report Not a single pass that I look at from Jameis Winston and say, hey, that was risky or hey, that was dangerous or he put the ball in harm's way, whatever that might be. Right now, he's got 10 passing touchdowns on the season to two interceptions. You'll take a five to one ratio for your starting quarterback any day. You just want to see the yardage, maybe a little bit more of the production there. But I think it's getting closer and closer for the New Orleans Saints. Now, of course, I should caveat all of this with, hey, there have been injuries on the offensive line. Michael Thomas isn't around. Traquan Smith isn't around. Yes. I know all of that, and that is all true, and part of why this offense hasn't been very productive so far in the passing game to open up the season, but I do think that we're getting closer and closer to seeing Jameis Winston be able to really get going with the receivers that are there, and then hopefully that begin to benefit moving forward as long as he gets the chance. It's a little shocking to me that your starting quarterback only played 88% of offensive snaps for you. That's kind of unheard of in a game where you know a, a running a quarterback wasn't pulled because they were in a big lead or there was an injury, anything like that. You know, if you look back at 2020 with Drew Brees, the fewest amount of snaps that he played in a game where they didn't have a big lead, like the week 17 game against Carolina, the the, the second Tampa Bay game where they went 38 to three, the San Francisco game where of course he was injured or the Minnesota game where you racked up 52 points and six touchdowns rushing was 95% up against the Chicago Bears in the regular season. So That's probably what you want to see a little bit more of when it comes to Jameis Winston is him being able to stay in the game and not being taken out at the quarterback spot. But regardless, you saw some of the things here or not regardless. In addition, I think towards that point, you saw a lot of things that made you a little bit more hopeful about this Saints passing game when it comes to play calling. Now, I know that there were some questionable play calls, but I mean, play calling as a whole, the playbook wasn't limited. For Jameis Winston, they called all of the things that they really liked. Deuce Windham and I talked about it over on Houdat Confessional on Tuesday night. The sale concepts were there, the new modified sale concept that they've been using with Kenny Stills. To, and, and just as a reminder, sale concept, you have a vertical route and you have an outside route or you have a corner route and an outside route. There's a whole bunch of variations of it. But what the Saints have been doing is taking that outside route and then curling it back inside on basically an option comeback or an option in. And they've been running that with Kenny Stills and it's working very well. And you're seeing the Yankee concepts that we talked about before the season began that we thought would see come back in the season. We have seen that for sure. And a couple of other concepts that the Saints like a lot, including, of course, all go special. 
but there have been a couple of special throws that we saw on that uh, on the tape from Sunday's game. Even though it was the loss, there are some positives we can take from this. The touchdown pass that he threw to Juwan Johnson to where he hit right in between the converging center and the con- center, where am I, basketball? The converging safety and the converging cornerback that was in trail technique there. Perfectly, pa- perfectly placed pass, hitting him in the end zone. That's really great ball placement. Really, really good stuff from Jameis Winston there. You also had a couple of plays where he generated some playmaking to where he was able to escape the pocket, extend the play. He got the ball down to Ty Montgomery in one of those, putting the ball out to the middle of the field which allowed Ty Montgomery to make that catch and have a bunch of wide open space for him to pick up some extra yards and get across the 50. You saw another one where he created a little bit and then got the pass off to Tony Jones Jr. with a pass that should have been a first down, but he dropped even though he was hit. And then, of course, you saw them beating that cover one over the middle of the field with a jumbo lineup, which would mean a, a sixth offensive lineman Will Clapp was in. Then they had two tight ends in and Adam Troutman and uh, Taysom Hill, and they still won over the middle against cover one with Marquez Callaway, who ran a perfect post route, did the same thing we talked about yesterday with Deontay Harris and the post, post route that he won on the Taysom throw. Um, he ended up pushing to the outside, got James Bradbury to flip his head, flip his hips. Bad habits by James Bradbury all throughout this game, by the way, continuously giving the offensive or giving the, the receivers that kind of leverage. And then Marquez Callaway busted right back inside and then was able to be hit right over the middle in stride. Beautiful catch, beautiful throw there. And then, of course, you saw the cover to split over the middle to Kenny Still. So you're seeing, which of course got called back from the holding penalty. So you're seeing the deep shots come to life. You're seeing all of the shot plays that are being called. Jameis being a little bit more comfortable taking those shots down the field. There were a couple of throws here to where you saw him maybe check down a little bit too quickly, but maybe that comes down to you know, what he's seeing downfield from the safeties or what he had seen in previous looks, things like that. But I do think you're going to see this offense continue to get more and more comfortable in the passing game. And as I mentioned at the beginning here, it's probably going to come with getting Michael Thomas back, getting Traquan Smith back, getting the offensive line back healthy, I know. But next week, I'm really, really curious to see if this team is willing to air it out a little bit more, not play so condensed, and then open it up or, or, or go a little bit more vertical, more importantly, in the passing attack on the offensive side. So you're seeing a lot of good things from the tape on Sunday, even though it was a loss that should give you some hope in this passing game for the New Orleans Saints moving forward. We're going to talk in just a moment about the top three plays by Pete Werner, who had a fantastic day, but I quickly want to go over some roster notes as well. The Saints have moved on from Aldrich Rosas. He missed one, or excuse me, he made only one out of the four kicks that he uh, attempted with the New Orleans Saints. He'll go down as the second least accurate kicker with at least four attempts in New Orleans Saints history. Shout out to Jeff Asher for that stat there. Uh, They bring in though, Cody Double Doink Parkey. Now, Cody Parkey's got a nice 84% career field goal percentage, but sometimes you're only as known as your worst moment. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Cody Parkey. He's the guy that's infamous for missing the kick in the wild card game for the Chicago Bears up against the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago. So hopefully he'll be able to shake that. And look, the Saints don't need him to make a kick in the wild card game, right? They need him to make a kick this week, get through the bye week, and then hopefully get Will Lutz back after the bye week. He's still week to week for now, but it looks like he's not going to be on his way back in their trip to Washington. They get the bye week after that. Couldn't come at a better time. Another addition was made here because Tony Jones Jr. is out for three to four weeks with the injury that caused him to be carted off. Good that it's only three to four weeks. The Saints bring back a familiar face, though, Divine Azigbo. They signed him off of the practice squad from the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
So you know what that means. Divine Azigbo Hive is back. I think you're going to see more Dwayne Washington in Washington this week, but we'll see what happens up against Seattle and then potentially up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in the Dome for Halloween night if they get Divine Azigbo uh, involved a little bit more by then. Or you know what? Maybe we're surprised and we see more Divine Azigbo than Dwayne Washington, who they like to keep as a special teamer in this upcoming week. We'll see how that all goes. And the Saints also brought up Jalen Holmes, defensive lineman from the practice squad, signed uh, Bryce Thompson back to the practice squad. So good to see Bryce Thompson back. He spent the offseason and training camp with the Saints. But the elevation of Jalen Holmes to the practice squad does fill the roster spot that I expected to go to Kenny Stills. So we'll need to keep an eye out on Kenny Stills and other important pieces that can end up shuffling on Wednesday's practice. So we'll have more information on that later on today. That we'll talk about on Thursday's episode with our crossover. Uh, but the Jalen Holmes thing might signify a little bit of missed time by rookie Peyton Turner, who did have to leave the game early in the loss against the Giants. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about Pete Werner now. He had three fantastic plays. He had several fantastic plays. We're going to talk about his three top plays that I caught from the tape. And then we're going to be joined by Doug Mouton to wrap this puppy up and talk a little bit more about that Giants game and start to look ahead to the Washington football team. What do you expect most to change about the Saints in week five? We'll have all of that coming up for you as you continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And I want to tell you what you can expect from the Get Upside app, and it's 25 cents per gallon back at select gas stations anytime that you fill up your tank. Yes, you heard me right. You're driving a lot more right now, just like I am, regardless of where you're going, all of that. There's these gas stations that have a partnership with this free app called Get Upside, which you can grab from the Apple App Store, as well as from Google Play. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and I'll tell you what, you're not going to get 25 cents per gallon back on your first fill-up. Instead, you'll get 50 cents per gallon back. Some folks that are driving a lot are getting $200, $300 back every month. You can get it straight to your bank account. You can go ahead and get it sent to you on PayPal, or you can even get some brand gift cards, including Amazon and others as well. And there's absolutely no catch, no contracts, nothing like that. You fill up, you get cash back. Very simple. 25 cents per gallon, 50 cents with the promo code touchdown on your first fill up. Go and check out the Get Upside app wherever you get your apps. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Don't forget to check out our good friends right across the way, across the parking lot over at the Smoothie King Center, Locked on Pelicans, and Jake Madison. Summer League is underway. It's a perfect time to tune in and check him out. He's on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast platforms. All right, so let's talk about Pete Werner. Number 20, the rookie from Ohio State. Uh, We saw the Saints have to deal with the loss of Quan Alexander early this season. He is now eligible to return, but we don't know yet if he is healthy enough to do so. But after that week four game, he is now logistically able to return. But the Saints look like they're in a pretty good place here to roll with Pete Werner after two great performances that I think give you the time to let Quan Alexander get healthy. Now, Pete Werner is still young, so two good performances don't guarantee you anything, but you can only evaluate what you've seen so far, and what you've seen so far of Pete Werner is positive. So I want to talk about his three best plays from this game up against the New York Giants. Like I mentioned, it was a loss, but there were still some good things to take away on both sides of the ball. We talked about all the things that complicated this game and made this game a loss for the New Orleans Saints. If you want to hear that, you can go back to Monday, Tuesday episodes. We talked about that, but now I want to get into the film here that I really enjoyed watching about Pete Werner. And here's the bottom line. Pete Werner 
is really good. Very simple. He's really, really good. Uh, he's doing a great job. And one of the things that I really like watching about him is his ability to be able to diagnose places they develop behind the line of scrimmage. The Saints had an early stop within five yards that led to a missed field goal by the New York Giants early on in the game. One of the key plays in there was this sort of jet sweep motion that was run by Evan Ingram. Uh, Daniel Jones snapped it, handed off to him. And uh, Pete Werner is on the opposite side of this play to begin with, but he is on the motion side, the play side, where the ball is going, in other words. And he does a great job scraping up the line of scrimmage. And so what that means is effectively working horizontally across the line. And he did a fantastic job of doing that. First of all, he has to be able to see this play developing at an angle over the offensive line as it's developing. He gets a, you know, a look at uh, Evan Ingram as he crosses the line of scrimmage from behind the offensive line. And he's able to diagnose, hey, that ball is going to Evan Ingram. He scrapes up the line of scrimmage and then makes the tackle for a loss over up against the left sideline. Had some help over there as well, but still fantastic play. The two things that you really like seeing there was his ability to see that play develop and get after it, and then his ability to climb across the line of scrimmage, scrape across the line of scrimmage, and be able to make that play behind the line of scrimmage as well. Now, he also did a great job tackling in the open field and closing gaps, closing distance. Another tackle for a loss that he had. This one was for a minus five yards. It was a play action by Daniel Jones, who rolled out to the right. He moved to the play side there and then ended up covering Saquon Barkley, who was kind of rolling out to that side as well over in the flats. So he saw Saquon Barkley start to head over to the same direction that Daniel Jones was scrambling. He closed in on Saquon Barkley and it was able to make the stop in the backfield. He actually missed the initial tackle, but then hung around, made sure that he grabbed him and then was able to help uh, pull him down with some help from uh, some of the other reinforcements that arrived. But him holding up Saquon Barkley there in the very beginning allowed him to be able to make that play. And then he continued to scrape and fight until he was able to. We saw a similar version of that play later on to where Daniel Jones was rolling over to that side. There was a Giants player leaking out to the flat. He ended up covering that player all the way up the flat until Daniel Jones crossed the line of scrimmage. And then he immediately made a play on Daniel Jones, who had to slide down for a nominal gain. I mean, effectively an insufficient gain at that point. So he's done a great job in watching these plays develop, clicking and closing, reading and reacting, getting there, closing the gap, closing that, you know, using his closing speed to get in on the play, and then also taking options away and being able to limit yards picked up on the ground in the scramble. But my favorite play that he made was a ton of tenacity. I think you can say that he showed on a tackle on a tight end screen, which is caught by uh, Kyle Rudolph. So you had a two tight end set over to the left side, which was his side of the play. There was play action, which he didn't bite on that was going the opposite side. So he's now on the back side of the play action, but he's on the play side of the screen. So he held where he was, Notice and diagnose very quickly that Daniel Jones ain't hand that ball off. He still got it in his hands. So he stayed planted, but then noticed three offensive linemen releasing and coming over to his side and said, ah, I'm the play side. And then so saw Kyle Rudolph leak out to the outside, ended up widening his angle, which was really key because if he would have tried to go straight, he would have been taken out by one of those offensive linemen, allowing Kyle Rudolph to cut it back to the inside. So he ended up taking away or allowing Kyle Rudolph to get to the outside. So he ended up taking away the outside, forcing him back inside, which caused a little bit of clutter between Kyle Rudolph and the offensive linemen that were trying to block for him. He ended up, Pete Werner did, effectively judo just pushing an offensive lineman out of the way very peacefully, very calmly, 
moving the offensive lineman out of the way, and then fighting through another offensive lineman to make the tackle on Kyle Rudolph. This was a key tackle for him because had he taken the uh, the more direct route, he would have gotten leveled by an offensive lineman. Kyle Rudolph would have gotten to the outside, right? If he would have gotten to the outside, the nearest unblocked defender down the field for him, because they were two caps otherwise, if he, if he would have gotten free, the, that was at the 25 where he made the tackle. The nearest unblocked defender down the field was at the 42-yard line. So that's a 17-yard difference that that would have made, but he was able to force him back inside, peacefully move this offensive lineman out of the way. Thank you, sir, for coming. I appreciate you, but this is my play to make. And then crashed through another offensive lineman, much larger than he, to end up making this tackle on Kyle Rudolph. It was easily, easily my favorite play that he made. And those are three fantastic plays that you saw all different types of his skill set utilized in that moment. Like I mentioned yesterday, if I wanted to nitpick, I'd love to see more of him in pursuit after the quarterback. But you know what? These are a lot of really great qualities, the click and close quality, the closing speed quality, the intelligence quality, the understanding field position and how to use leverage to force somebody back inside, the strength to be able to move through offensive line and make a tackle, the tenacity, the not giving up. These are all things that we observe in Quan Alexander, who just does it with more energy, right? (laughs) With a ton more energy. And so I'm really, really glad to see how well Pete Werner has panned out thus far. Now we have to see if he can keep up this level of play moving forward. But regardless, two games in a row now, you've seen very, very good displays from the young rookie from Ohio State. All right, family, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Doug Mouton of WWL TV, who's going to talk to us a bit about the experience of being back in the Superdome with full capacity there, the what went wrong against the Giants and what needs to go right against the Washington football team next weekend. We'll have that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I need you to know, BuiltBar.com, the Built Bar Puffs are back. I know a lot of people love the churro puff, which is like this churro cinnamon marshmallow puff covered in 100% chocolate. Fantastic stuff. Everybody loves them. The mint marshmallow one is back as well, and they have the new cherry lime flavor in addition to the nine standard flavors that you can get all of the time. Coconut, coconut, almond, German chocolate. If you're a coconut fan, if you're just a sweets fan, there's salted caramel, there's cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. There's so many different options. 17, 18 grams of protein, 130 to 150 calories, only four or five grams of sugar and net carbs. They're also high in fiber as well. So you get everything that you need in your protein bar without having to compromise flavor, without having to microwave it in order to get through it and all the weird things you have to do with some of those other protein bars. Nah, ain't got to worry about all that. No regret with your protein bars when it comes to BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars on the market. And go ahead and get yourself 15% off of your next box, whether it's your first or your next, by using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 by BuiltBar.com. And in the meanwhile, don't forget to check out our good friends over at BetOnline.ag as well. The Saints right now favored minus one on the road in Landover, Maryland against the Washington football team. So a little bit of respect. Usually the home team gets three points. So, you know, kind of interesting to see the Saints actually favored on the road, even though they're coming off of a loss. And WFT is coming off of a win against the New Orleans Saints division rival, uh, Atlanta Falcons. But Cordero Patterson, three touchdowns in that game. What could that mean for Taysom Hill? We'll find out if you're feeling good about this matchup or you're not feeling great about this matchup and you want to get in on the action, head over and check out our friends over at betonline.ag. You can stick around for player props throughout the week as well. You can get into some end of year awards. The MLB playoffs are around. Super fun to bet on. So you can get in on that and all of your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. And I'm going to get you a 50% welcome bonus. Just use the promo code locked on if you're signing up for a new account. 
however much you put down, they're going to they're gonna put a bonus on top of that of 50%. So you put $200 down, they're going to give you an extra $100, and you got $300 to bet with to get you started. So go and check them out. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, and it is WWL Wednesday, which means it is Doug Mouton at DMouton WWL. Doug, how are you, sir? Thanks for coming I'm, through again. Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Ross? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to see you. Liked seeing you in person in the press box a lot more, but still good to see you nonetheless. And uh, yeah, like, that's where I want to start today. You know, we both got the opportunity to be there for the Dome, uh, you know, the first game back in. What was that environment? What was that like for you? Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Like, look, I wanted to go to games last year just to experience it, just for the history of it. And, and it was just weird. Um, it was hard to get. Look, you could still get into the, uh, you know, the the play calling and the strategy. But, man, the games had so much less impact, so much less emotion. There was a couple mm-hmm. of times during this game, and I think from not hearing it, where the noise in the dome really meant something. Yeah. Um, and, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun to hear that again. And and look, a noon regular season game in October is about 40% of what we're going to get in December and then hopefully in January. So so it's still not what it's going to be. And it was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was such a great opportunity to be back there hearing you know, the, the crowd noise on third down being there again. Knowing when a big play is a big play, like it was always kind of a weird thing to see, you know, uh, Nick Underhill and I had talked about it not too long ago with the big Alvin Kamara catch and run against the Green Bay Packers met with complete silence by the time that it was all done. So it was great to, you know, have that offense that opened up there. And, you know, look, the the offense opened up a little bit. You saw the big 58 yard completion to, to Marquez Callaway, but things just didn't seem to go right for the Saints in this one, particularly in the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, what what did you see? What went wrong for the Saints in, at the end of this game? In this, well, game? look, they got conservative in the fourth quarter. I, look, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is Sean Payton still figuring out who this team is. He's still mm-hmm. running it like last year's team. Look, you saw Jameis Winston, and I know you loved his play as much as I did on Sunday. The the two deep balls, one of them obviously called back, were beautiful passes. The two ad libs, the one where he yeah. had Tony Jones on the first drive that I thought Tony Jones should have had it. Logan Ryan kind of got there. And then the one that he got to Ty Montgomery. Those are great ad-lib plays that he made on the move uh, to make big plays uh, or potentially big play on the first one. I thought this was Jameis Winston's best game and the fact that he didn't put the Saints into any dangerous situations um, with with any of his decision-making. Jameis was terrific, but you could tell Sean Payton still doesn't fully trust him. He's not fully there. And look, a lot of that goes back to last week when – when Marquez Calloway makes the ridiculous catch in the end zone on a questionable decision. Right. Um, there were no bad decisions in this one, but in the fourth quarter, Sean Payton brought it too close to the vest, didn't let Jameis air it out and play to win in the fourth quarter, which I think as he learns his team, and I think when he watches this tape, he's going to see all the things Jameis did well, and may- maybe the process of him figuring this out will get there or mm-hmm. get a little closer to there. So I, I do think they just weren't there. And look, this wasn't the best version of the defense. Defense got beat on a couple of big ones. The Giants had seven plays of 20 yards or more in the first three games. The Saints had given up six combined mm-hmm. in those three games. They gave up seven in this game. Won the best version of the defense. The offense went into a hole. Uh, the special teams 
were a mess with the kicking issues. It was it was just everything went wrong, and it, they somehow still blew an eleven point lead in the fourth quarter. They did a lot of things right, ran the ball, Jameis, but yeah, the fourth quarter was a disaster. Yeah, over on the defensive side, you saw that deficit get closed up rather quickly. The Saints had that eleven point lead down to eight minutes or so in the fourth quarter. Did you see anything that stood out to you over on the defensive side in terms of struggles in this Giants game that you're expecting to see get cleaned up ahead of Washington? Yeah, they didn't do enough to affect Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. um, uh, no sacks, six quarterback hits. Six quarterback hits, like, terrible. But but it, look, the eyeball test will tell you, Daniel Jones was just not affected much. He was able yeah. to do what he wanted to do. Now look, the Saints credited a great scheme. Malcolm Jenkins said it. Sean Payton said it. They max protected, gave him as much time as possible when they wanted to run downfield, like on the Barkley big play. And then when they wanted to quick hit, they spread everything out and he got rid of it quickly. It, it was a nice plan. You see what the Giants like about Daniel Jones, but the Saints have got to affect the quarterback more to have a shot. Now I do think and I keep saying this every week, when they get Daniel on Yamada back, he, uh, David on Yamada back, he's a he's an elite inside player. They're going to get Marcus Davenport back. The pass rush is going to be better, but it wasn't there, and it definitely wasn't there in the second half, and that played a major role with coverage issues. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to guard wide receivers for five, six seconds You know that are going to be running around, and especially when you have a guy that we talked about on WWL Daniel Jones can be annoying with his feet. He can create, he can extend plays. We saw those a couple of times in this upcoming week, not very different in Taylor Heineke going up against the Washington football team. You want to see them probably uh, contain uh, uh, Taylor Heineke, put some more impact on the quarterback position going in the Landover, I imagine. Yeah, no, well, no question about that. Although I don't think Heineke is as good a quarterback as Daniel sure. Jones. I came, I came away impressed with Daniel Jones. He had a couple of 15 to 20-yard outs which are mm -hmm. hard passes. To yeah. And he just flicked it, got it there effortlessly and instantly. Taylor Heineke, I don't think is Daniel Jones, but I'll say this, this is a critical game for the saints. Once you lose that giants game, you got to put a huge asterisk on this game. If you don't go to DC and get this one, this team is in a little bit of trouble if they do go to the break at two and three. But yeah. I, I look, I still love the Saints' chances. And look, they, they should have beaten the Giants. They're up 11 in the fourth quarter. You don't get that one back. But I do think there are some lessons learned that we're going to see uh, uh, put into this game. Speaking of those lessons, as we look ahead to the Washington football team game this Sunday in Landover, Maryland, it's a game on the road. The Saints tend to really focus on the run game. They've hit 170 or more rushing yards in two games. They went over that Cheris 130-yard rushing mark again this past week, third time in four games, same rushing mark that you talked about ahead of that Giants game. Do you think they stick on the ground a little bit more here on the road, or do we see a little bit more of the air it out after we saw a nice performance from Jameis Winston at home? I Look, I think that's a great question. And when you talk about that 130-yard mark, this is the first time they've lost in three mm -hmm. seasons when they hit 130. They're now 12-1 when they hit 130. Um, look, I, I think that is the big question right now. How much is Sean Payton going to start? The identity of this team may not be the identity of last year's team. Again, last year right. they, they rushed for 138 times. Running the ball was what they had to do. You saw when the Saints opened it up in the third quarter and – it almost looked like fast break basketball. They were the Golden State Warriors for about, what, a quarter and a half or so. And, I mean, the term in bad is beautiful basketball. It was beautiful football for about a yeah. quarter and a half when they opened it up and then they went back in the hole and maybe overran it. 
I think that is the question, Ross. Do they now start trusting Jameis a little more and and maybe do go legitimately 50-50 or even 55-45 passing sure. game based mm-hmm. on what Jameis can do? Or do you stick with this overrun it? I think you're going to see him open it, open it up a little bit more and throw it because because, like I said, I think when Sean Payton watches that tape, he's going to say, you know what, this is what our team does well. Payton has been a spectacular offensive coach in recognizing his team. You know, if you look at yeah. how they won in 06, how they won in 09, how they won in 11, how they won in 18, uh, those teams, the off, it wasn't the same offense, not by a long shot. He has adapted amazingly to his team, and it's part of the reason the Saints have had slow starts the past four years because it almost – Feels like it takes him two, three, maybe in this case four games with a new quarterback to figure out his team. So I do think that is that is a real interesting question in heading into this one. And here's the other thing in the passing mm-hmm. game, you gotta figure out how to get Alvin Kamara loose in the passing game. Alvin Kamara's third in the NFL in touches with 88, which is a boatload of touches. Yeah. And his longest play from scrimmage this year is 14 yards. You gotta figure out how to get it. Alvin Kamara loose and not just run in between the tackles. And I think that's another of the the bullet points as Sean Payton starts making up how how to attack Washington. You got to figure out how to get it to Kamara and you got to let Jameis open up the running game by hitting 15 and 20 yard passes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get him out of the box. Get him out of the box. Make him uh, afraid of that run game. Hey, Get out of look- the box. I do think literally, <laughs> I think that is that is the key to this team because they can run it. If you can get them out of the box and with Jameis's gun, there's no reason you can't. Right. Yes, I do. And and look, I, I tell you this, Ross, from watching the game, as stupid as it sounds, I almost came away more optimistic with their upside offensively because I see what Jameis can do. Now, at some point, right. you're going to have to take this running game that is obviously good with Kamara. You're going to get Mike Thomas and marry it with what Jameis can do. And we saw that. Those were two just beautiful long balls that his receivers did not break stride, not even yeah. a little bit. Right. And if, if, if those two things can marry, I, this could be a pretty good offense. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Look, it's already been a very interesting season to get started, and it's only going to get more interesting. And it never gets any better than here on Wednesdays on Locked on Saints when you come through (laughs) for our WWL Wednesdays. Make sure you follow sports director Doug Mouton, Channel 4. Check him out at DMoutonWWL on Twitter. Doug, always a pleasure. Ross, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, y'all. Always a pleasure to be joined by Doug Mouton of WWL TV. And hey, we still have so much to talk about here throughout the rest of the week. When it comes to the Washington football team, David Harrison locked on Washington football team coming through for tomorrow's crossover Thursday. Friday, we'll get the keys to victory update, the injury reports all throughout the week. And then, of course, I'll see you on Saturday for our bonus episode with our final thoughts, as well as any game day elevations, any movement around the New Orleans Saints roster that you need to know about before game day on Sunday. So I appreciate you. You will will continue to keep you up to date for everything going on for this team up until that matchup here as your first listen every day on Locked on Saints. For your second listen, don't forget to check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, give you everything you need to know around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. I appreciate y'all as always for being here for everything in between. Make sure you check me out on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.